Hi, friends. We're going to look at multiple passages today, all concerning the emotions of Jesus. We'll look at Jesus's compassion in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. We'll look at Jesus's joy in Luke chapter 10, verse 21. We'll look at his anger in John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. And we'll look at his grief in John chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. This episode came out of meditating on the emotions of Jesus, trying to get to know the heart of God better over time. That as I look at how Jesus is portrayed in a lot of mainstream media, he's stoic and unfeeling, but the Jesus of the Bible is vibrant and alive, and he displays his emotions fluently and righteously, and it's worth considering. We'll start with Jesus' compassion in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. It says, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. It's hard for us to connect with this story sometimes because leprosy is not something we deal with on a day-to-day basis. But try to connect with the fact that this man was completely cut off from his community. He was untouchable. So here this man is an exile from his own family, an exile from his own community. And he already breaks cultural conventions by coming to this rabbi, this pure spiritual leader, falling down before him, imploring him, if you will, you can make me clean. And something about the way Jesus responded made those who looked on say that he was moved with pity. Something about his body posture, something about his facial expressions softened. He looked with compassion on this man and he stretched out his hand and he touched him. You can almost hear the gasps in the background of all the onlookers, his disciples. Master, you you can't risk yourself in this way. But he was moved with compassion. Nobody had touched this man. Maybe in many months or years, he'd been cut off from human connection. And he reaches out and he touches him. And I'd like to believe with a smile on his face, his I will be clean. His heart was moved by the suffering of this man, by the loneliness and the exile. And out of that place of tenderness and compassion, reaches out and touches him. Absolutely, I will now be clean. In the same way Jesus expresses joy, we don't think of Jesus as laughing or smiling often, but I think he was one of the happiest and most joyful people around. Children do not come to somber, morose people, but children were consistently drawn to Jesus. And then we see here in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, it says, In that same hour he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Now in context, Jesus has sent his disciples out to surrounding villages. They have seen the power of God come. They've come and they've reported these things to Jesus. And in response to their report, it says that he, Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. And we know that Luke wasn't present at this time, so he's getting this account secondhand. He's been interviewing the disciples. And I can see Luke, like an investigative reporter, asking Peter, okay, you guys came back from your short-term trip. 
and you told Jesus, now how did he respond? What, what was he like when you reported all the things that the Holy Spirit did through you? Peter smiles, thinking back wistfully. He says, oh, he rejoiced. In fact, not only did he rejoice, it was like a supernatural rejoicing. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think a disinterested golf clap qualifies as rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. I could see him leaping and whooping and rejoicing and dancing. Of course, we have to use our imaginations here, but we see this same God in Zephaniah chapter 3 rejoicing with loud shouts over his bride. This is not outside the character of God as we've seen revealed in scripture and here Jesus embodies it fully, rejoicing over his disciples and the work of the Holy Spirit evident in them. Now in the same way that Jesus was moved with compassion, the same way that he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit, he also demonstrated righteous anger. We see this in John chapter 2, verses 13 and 22, among other places. This is the cleansing of the temple. It says, The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. It's hard for us to visualize this. It's hard to visualize the temple and to see all these money changers and, and to see the men and women sitting there who were selling the animals that were needed for the Jews to uphold the Levitical code. Pilgrims coming from all over the empire to sacrifice in the temple and Jesus sees this and he's deeply moved. In fact, he's methodical in his anger. He doesn't fly off the hook in unrighteous anger, but he sees this and he goes and he makes a whip of cords. This is a planned, metered response. And then, and we have to use our imaginations here, what was it like to see him drive out all these people to overturn their tables? Sometimes we're uncomfortable with this kind of Jesus. We want him in a box. We want him placid and predictable. But I have to think he was an absolute wild man in this moment. For one person to drive out all of these dishonest people, he had to have been an absolute frenzy, a blur of a human yelling and driving out people and animals with his whip and overturning tables and his disciples are looking on and they are shocked. And they think back on the Psalms, Psalm 69.9, that zeal for your house will consume me and they think, oh, that's what that means. We have now seen in person in living color and flesh and blood the manifestation of that zeal. Jesus is zealous for his father's house. And when people unrighteously leveraged the faithfulness of practicing Jews in his father's house, he became angry and he demonstrated righteous wrath in that moment. And lastly, we see Jesus's grief on display at Lazarus's tomb in John chapter 11, verses 33 through 35. It says, when Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. 
Now this is astonishing because Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead and he knows he's going to do that, yet he still connects with the grief of the people who are mourning the loss of their brother, mourning the loss of their friend and relative. He engages with the emotions and that loss and he himself is deeply moved. This is a very human moment for Jesus. We've all experienced that when we're deeply moved and we can't help the emotion welling up inside of us, erupting in grief and tears and here Jesus weeps alongside them. In the very next verses, he raises Lazarus from the dead and there's rejoicing, there's confusion, but here he pauses to connect with the grief of those he loves. Have you connected with Jesus in that way? your own places of pain and loss as you have wept and you know that he weeps with you even though he knows the outcome even though he will redeem all things he's making all things new ultimately yet he enters into our pain and our loss he feels it he's walked in our shoes and he weeps with those who weep and of course we are commanded to do the same This Jesus is not a stoic, unfeeling, unemotional Jesus. He displays a profound array of emotions that are captured in the Gospels. His compassion and pity, his joy, his anger, and his grief. And these are but a sampling. May you know a Jesus who is fully alive, who experiences all the emotions that we do and then some. Your experience is not unique to you. You were made in the image of God. Now may we learn to rightly steward those emotions in the way that Jesus does to the glory and praise of his Father. And may this brief meditation on the emotions of Jesus help you to connect more deeply with him today. In Jesus' name, amen.